Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Thank you, Pastor Jeff. Thanks, man. Yeah, I was thinking of um, some of those Aussie gifts that, that were given to you. I just wonder if they gave you a boomerang. <laughs> How are we? All good? Well, we've been looking at favour, and this is the, um, the final night on favour, but it's definitely not the, um, the last time you will experience favour. Favour of the Lord. Whew. Let's pray. Father, we come before you, Lord, in your powerful name. Lord, we thank you for your favour toward us, Lord, that it's always toward us, Father. We thank you for your blessings, Lord. We thank you for all that you have for us and what you want to get through us, Lord. And we just pray, Lord, that we would um, just receive from you tonight, Lord, and, and uh, help us to walk this week, Lord, knowing that we are favoured by you, Father. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your presence, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're talking about favour, and the title of my message is His favour and flavour because of the Saviour. In other words, it's his favour to us that produces his flavour through us because of the Saviour in us. So we're talking about favour. What is favour? In the simplest form, biblically, favour is grace. Grace. Grace literally means favour. One of the original meanings for grace and favour is the image of someone superior bending lowly to someone to offer kindness and love. And it's an image of God. It's a Hebrew image of God lowering himself down to us to offer a free gift to us called grace, called favour. God's favour is toward you. Favour is gaining approval, it's gaining acceptance, and it's special blessings. Favour. Favour is grace and grace is favour. One person in the Bible that knew a lot about grace was the Apostle Paul. Many of us here would know that Paul was a Pharisee. He was somebody that went around actually persecuting Christians. On his way to a town called Damascus, he was on his way to persecute Christians, but on the way, by God's grace, who stooped lowly and offered him the gift of grace of salvation, Paul accepted the message of salvation by Jesus. Paul was a person that went through so many trials and tribulations and shipwrecks and um, being imprisoned, uh, having his life threatened. He's a person that understood and experienced the favour of God and the grace of God. In fact, throughout the, the New Testament, the 27 books of the New Testament, Paul wrote 13. He wrote 13 of them. The way that he began the books and the 13 books and his salutations and the way that he ended his books and his benedictions, he always began with grace, a blessing of grace, and 
he finished with a blessing of grace. Right from Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Colossians, Philippians, Thessalonians, Timothy, Titus and Philemon. He's writing to all these different churches. He's writing to believers, but he always begins with an extension of God's grace through him by offering a blessing of grace. In fact, the Bible itself ends with the sentence, may the, may the grace of Jesus Christ be with you all. The age that we live in, in the New Testament, is the age of grace. It's the age where God has given us the free gift of salvation, and all we need to do is simply to accept it. The free gift of grace. The Bible also said in, I think it was 2 Corinthians 3 and 13. 2 Corinthians 3 13, another book that Paul wrote. He wrote, Clearly, you are a letter from Christ showing the result of our ministry among you. This letter is written not with pen and ink, but with the Spirit of the living God. It is carved not on tablets of stone, but on human hearts. Paul here is likening us to a letter. He's likening us to a letter that's not written by ink on paper, but it's written by the Holy Spirit. Just as Paul's letters begin with the blessing of grace and ends with the blessing of grace, so too are we when we come to Christ. Our life in Christ begins with the grace of God. We are saved by grace through faith. And when we pass from this world, we will enter into the ultimate favour of grace, which is eternal life. The favour of God. So too are our lives. When we got saved... We got saved by the gift of grace. We got saved by God's favour, by him, the superior person, lowering himself down to us and handing us the favour of his grace. Paul writes all about that. He understood that because he experienced grace. Having the favour of God doesn't make us exempt from difficult times. You don't have to be um, a Christian long enough to experience that. People may think, well, how come I'm not experienced in the favour of God? How come God's saving this person or not that person? Well, the favour of God is already toward us. In the ultimate favour of God of salvation, he, de he demonstrated that at the cross, which is salvation for all. So it's a gift that's given, but as we know, it just has to be received or rejected. So, number one, God's favour is always toward you. God's favour is always toward you. The word favour, you may have used the word today. You may have used it last week. You might have said, um, hey, can, I, can you do me a favour? Um, you may have said, do yourself a favour and brush your teeth. You may, you may have used the word favour in different ways. You may have said, 
I'm a bit strapped. It's now time to call upon my favours. Can you do me a favour? I don't know if when people ask you, um, can you do me a favour? Do you say yes straight away or do you question and say, oh, it depends? Do you want to do me a favour? Oh, it depends. But there's all types of favours. And I know in your own life you would have experienced different or various types of favours. There's relational favours. Um, I've got two uncles. One of them, back in the day, was a bus driver. And we'd jump on the bus. And the thing was, the way that he showed favour to me was quite embarrassing because he'll see me get on the bus and there'd be a lot of people behind me and he would say, are you going to uncle's house? And I'll go, yes, I am. And what he would do, he would go off the route and actually take me to my uncle's house. <laughs> and this was quite embarrassing, but it was a kind of favour that, you know. Many, many years ago, many years ago, many, many years ago, I had a friend that worked in KFC. I go up to the drive-thru. I did not know my friend was in the drive-thru. I just order like a cheeseburger. I end up coming out with a little bit more. <laughs> Different types of favour. That's called corruption. That's called, that's called theft. You know, you call it what you want, but when you are a recipient of it, it's favour. <laughs> Like I said, it's a long time ago. Long time ago. <laughs> favor is, has different, different forms. But the favor of God is something completely different. There's a story in 2 Samuel 9, quite a chunky um, thing. It's the whole chapter, actually. But I'm going to read the whole thing. It's the story of Mephibosheth. Everybody say Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth. Um, Sounds good to me. All right, this is a story about King David and a promise that he made to Mephibosheth's father. 2 Samuel 9, the whole chapter. One day, David asked, is anyone in Saul's family still alive? Anyone to whom I can show kindness or favour for Jonathan's sake? He summoned a man called Ziba, who had been one of Saul's servants. Jonathan and David were good mates. They were best friends. Jonathan was the son of Saul, King Saul. Before this, Jonathan and David had a conversation about David made a promise to Jonathan that he would look after his family if anything happens to, to Jonathan. Now Jonathan and King Saul and his family have all been killed at battle. Okay, so are you Ziba? The king asked. Yes, sir, I am Ziba. I am, Ziba replied. The king then asked, is anyone still alive from Saul's family? If so, I want to show kindness. I want to show God's kindness to them. Ziba replied, yes, one of Jonathan's son is still alive. He is crippled in both feet. Where is he? The king asked. In Lodabar, Ziba told him at the home of Makur, son of Amiel. So David sent for him and brought him from Makur's home. His name was Mephibosheth. He was Jonathan's son and Saul's grandson. When he came to David, he bowed low to the ground in deep respect. 
David said, Greetings, Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth replied, I am your servant. Now he's just a young boy at that time, Mephibosheth. Don't be afraid, David said. They had every right to be afraid of King David because of the history, because King Saul wanted to kill King David. And now King David is approaching Saul's family. So they are fearful what David could do. But David is here to show favour. Don't be afraid, David said. I intend to show kindness to you because of my promise to your father, Jonathan. David is a king that honours his word. He keeps his word. I intend to show kindness to you because of my promise to your father, Jonathan. I will give you all the property that once belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will eat here with me at the king's table. Well, that's a blessing. Mephibosheth bowed respectfully and exclaimed, Who is your servant that you should show such kindness to a dead dog like me? Then the king summoned Saul's servant Ziba and said, I had given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and servants are to farm the land for him to produce food for your master's household. But Mephibosheth, your master's grandson, will eat here at my table. Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Ziba replied, Yes, my lord the king, I am your servant and I will do all that you have commanded. And from that time on, Mephibosheth ate regularly at David's table, like one of the king's own sons. Mephibosheth had a young son named Micah. From then on, all the members of Ziba's household were Mephibosheth's servants. And Mephibosheth, who was crippled in both feet, lived in Jerusalem and ate regularly at the king's table. Obviously, this is a, a promise that David kept Mephibosheth's father. He made a promise to him. Mephibosheth had no idea that this favour was toward him. He had no idea that he would ever stand before the presence of the king. And it's kind of like that with us and God, that Jesus is a king that honours his word, that keeps his word. And for us, you know, there was nothing that Mephibosheth could have done to earn the favour, to earn the, the approval of King David. And that's just what grace is. Grace and favour is a gift that's offered to us that we don't deserve, but it's given to us. Mephibosheth received the favour of King David, even though he didn't know anything about it, couldn't deserve it, yet he received it. And that's what salvation is like too. The grace of God is given to us who don't deserve it, but we are given it because of his love, his love for us. Told you it was a big passage. I want to talk quickly about four ways to the favour of God. Four ways to walk in the favour of God. So before that, I just really want to um, really reiterate that point that um, God's favour is always toward us. It's kind of like when we come into Christ, 
you know, we become like a target for favour. We become like, you know, a target. And wherever, wherever you go, wherever you go, the favour is always towards you, no matter what. No matter what, wherever you go, because of who you are in Christ, his favour will follow you. You may get into a time where there's something comes between you and God, and it could be a situation, but his favour is still towards you. You're not, you're not receiving the manifestation or the outworking of that favour yet, but his favour is still on you and it's still towards you. It hasn't got to you yet, but it's for you. Just don't pull the trigger, whoever that is. <laughs> we believe in healing, right? <laughs> so in order to remove the things that are in between us, to see the manifestations, to see the outworking of God's favour, there are four ways which we can walk in the favour of God. You see, there's a fine line between favour and the grace of God. The grace of God, a very fine line. The grace of God is a free gift that's given to us that we don't deserve, just like Mephibosheth. He received that free gift. Yet favour is also a gift but it's also something that you can gain. It's always towards you, it's always aimed at you, but it's also something that you can gain. The Bible is full of propositional truth, meaning that there are things that you do that will have a consequence. And here are four ways to walk in the favour of God. Number one is walk in humility. We want to see that favour actually get through those situations. One is to walk in Humility. First Peter five and five six. First Peter five and five to six says, In the same way you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders, and all of you dress yourselves in humility, clothe yourselves in humility, as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace or favour to the humble. God gives grace to the humble. God gives grace, gives more favour to the humble. Walking in humility, you know, there's many ways we can describe that, but a strong way is walking out who you are in Christ, knowing who you are in Christ, walking that out. Number two is just walk in faithfulness. Pastor Jeff alluded to that this morning about we've been studying the book of Genesis about Joseph was seeing how Joseph was faithful wherever he was. So when he was in the pit, that red dot of the target of favour was still on him. And he ended up seeing you know, the outworking of God's favour from the pit to the palace. He was faithful. You know, to be consistent and to be persistent is to keep on moving in the direction that God has for you. Whether you're at work, whether we're at we're at church, with our mates, wherever it is, continue to be faithful. I think someone said, um, and the difference between the big shot and the little shot is simply the big shot is the little shot that just kept on shooting. Being faithful, be consistent, be persistent in our walk, and our walking out of God. Number three, walk in obedience. In Deuteronomy 28.2. We're talking about just different walks to the favour of God. 
Deuteronomy 28.2, And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord. Good old King James. The blessings of God, in other words, the blessings of God are always toward us. But it's also conditioned on hearing and obeying the voice of God. Walking in obedience. You know, they say obedience commands the blessing. Number four, walk in accordance to the word of God. That's what I love about church. That's what I love about connecting with people is that we, we study the word of God and we get to walk it out. Romans 12, 2, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our thinking, of our mind, that you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. When we walk according to the word, because we know that his word is his will, that means his purpose is lined up with his word. So when we're walking with his word, we're walking out his ways and we are walking in his will. That's what Romans 12 talks us. When we transform our thinking, our, our lives by our thinking, getting our thinking in alignment with his word, transformation will take place. Because there's ways of the word and there's ways of the world. And the word teaches us how to live according to kingdom Kingdom principles. So walking in humility, walking in faithfulness, and walking in obedience, and walking in accordance to God's word. In the Old Testament, we saw the favour of God um, come upon people. In the Old Testament, the presence of God would rest upon people. But in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit dwells inside of us. It's a huge difference. And in the Old Testament, without having to look there, um, there's a story about Moses when he fought the, the Amalekites. Uh, or the Ammonites was one of those. Yeah, it was the Amalekites, sorry. So it was Moses and Aaron and her. And every time they raised Aaron's hands, the battle would be, um, would be successful. And there'll be a story about Jehoshaphat. And Jehoshaphat fought the Moabites and the Ammonites and the Mennonites. Moses fought the Amalekites. Now we recognise all those different names and different tribes. But if God was to call us a name, you know what he would call us? He would call us the Favourites. And now, <laughs> Johnny, can you do that? <laughs> you and I are the tribe of the favorites. That because of who we are in Christ, we have the right to his favor. And now, I'm going to preach from this box of chocolates. A great theologian. The great Forrest Gump once said, life is like a box of chocolates. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. So we are the favourites. Going to chip some out. Number two is flavour. 
Number two is God's favour will produce God's flavour through you and I. In other words, I'm talking about his grace, the grace to serve, the grace to steward, the grace to minister, the grace to sing, the grace to speak, the grace to do business, whatever that is, that's God's grace, that's his, his empowerment, it's his divine ability in you, it's something unique to every individual person, kind of like this box of chocolates. This is the Turkish delight. You can preach on many of these chocolates, you know. The Bible says to delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Jesus is also the light of the world. This one here. Johnny, you better get up. We're going through all the chocolates. Because we are the favourites. This is dairy milk caramello. There are often times that we need to just mellow. Okay, this is dairy milk. This talks about perspective, the glass and a half. How do you see the glass? If you, how do you see people? Through what perspective? Through what lens do you see people? Through your hurt, through your experience, and through the Word of God. Do you have a correct biblical perspective on your own life, on stewardship, etc., etc. This one is obvious. This is a dream. God has given you a dream. There's a sweet dream that God has put in your heart. It's a dream. <laughs> What's another one? Oh, here's a Kiwi one. Morrow bars. Sarah, morrow? Yep. It's good to have one morrow, but always got to know about two morrow. <coughs> you got to, tomorrow, you know, hasn't arrived yet, but whatever we decide to do will determine the outcome of tomorrow. The ultimate tomorrow is to spend eternity in the ultimate favour of God was eternal life, but you only got this side of the grave to make that decision for tomorrow, or you're just going to stay in one morrow. Tomorrow. Another one. Boost. Here's a good one. Boost. We all need a boost at times. I remember... When I was a kid, and we would kick the rugby ball over the fence to the neighbours, grab our hands like this, hey, hey, bro, someone give me a boost, you know? Sometimes we need a boost up. We need that fellowship. We need what we have, what happens here, really good community. We need togetherness, gathered together in one accord. That's two and one. Where two or three are gathered, there he is in the midst of us. Let's have a boost. It's another one. You getting hungry? <laughs> old gold. Old gold. It says old gold, original. Gold, to me, just speaks of the Holy Spirit, the favour. The Holy Spirit has been around for a long time. It's gold, but it's old. It's old in terms of valuable. It's been around since forever. In Genesis, it says the Holy Spirit was hovering on the seas. The Holy Spirit is now inside of you and inside of me. We are the letters that have been written by the ink of the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So it's gold, but it's old because he's the same today, yesterday, and forever. It's old gold. 
This is my favourite. Oh, sorry. I did the kiwi one. I have to do the... Um, oh, there's a cherry ripe in there. <laughs> cherry ripe, yeah. I called that a real Aussie one because I think it's Australia's oldest chocolate since 1920. The thing about the Turkish... I mean, the cherry ripe is that it talks about being ripe. It talks about being ready. It talks about being fruitful. It talks about being ready to be a skilled labourer for the harvest. That we are, there's a season of preparation, a season to be ripe for the picking. But I, I like it because it's Aussie because whatever you're going through, cherry ripe really sounds like she'll be right. <laughs> so a real Aussie thing. So whatever you're going through, when you have the favour of God on your life, just know if he's in you and working through you, she'll be right. There's another one called the flake, and the flake is unique. Really good, you can put it on ice cream, and you know. But the unique thing about flake, it was accidentally discovered by an employee of Cadbury. What he saw in the factory, he saw this dripping chocolate that was kind of like just discarded. It was leftover chocolate, and it was just dripping into a pan, and he just saw this chocolate forming a unique shape. So anyway... The unique thing about this chocolate is that you can't melt it. I could, I could have stood here, read that long passage again, holding that flake in one hand and holding the Turkish delight in one hand. The flake would not melt. It had such resilience. <laughs> the flake talks about, to me, about it can stand and withstand heat. So much pressure. Some of you are thinking, I'm going to go home and put it in a microwave and try it. You try that. Some of you are Googling it right now. <laughs> but the flake is all about resistance, uh, resilience. It's all about able to handle um, heat. And the last one I like here is the crunchy. This is the crunchy. It's kind of like me. In Christ, I mean. It's brown on the outside and it's full of gold. <laughs> All these things are chocolates. If the gift, yeah, they're all chocolates, but they're all different expressions of chocolate. If the gift is chocolate, then the expression is a different flavours. If grace is favour, then if favour is to grace, then flavour is to taste meaning that people have different tastes and different tastes will appeal to different flavours. This is a a box of chocolates. I'm standing in a box of chocolates with different flavours, with different gifts that that will appeal to different people. There are communities that you would be able to reach that I wouldn't be as great at doing. And there's a community that I would be able to reach that, that some of you may not be able to. God has given us flavour in order to reach certain people. It's God's favour to us that will produce the flavour through us because of the Saviour in us. Jesus is that gift. If chocolate is the gift, then these are the expressions, the different, different expressions 
It's the same chocolate, but through different packages. The gift that we carry is the gift of Jesus. It's the same gift, yet it's expressed in different packaging and in different flavours because of the Saviour. I just want to ask a question tonight. We've been talking about favour. We're understanding that favour is always toward us, regardless of what's in front of us, regardless of where we go. God's favour is already always targeting us. We understand that there are ways that we can access God's favour by continuing to walk in humility, walking according to the word of God, walking in faithfulness, walking in obedience. And we also know that, that we are a community of chocolates with different flavours to reach different people, to reach different communities, demographically, socially, nationally, whatever. But it's all because of the ultimate favour that was given to us by the cross of Jesus. When God stooped down to give us kindness and favour, it's God reaching down to us to give us Jesus, the greatest gift. Let's pray, family. Let's pray. Father, we just come before you tonight, Lord. And I thank you, Father, for your gift of grace. I thank you, Lord, that it's a gift that you have made available to all people of all generations of all time, Father. Yet it's hinged on a choice. It's hinged on a decision. And I just want to just make an opportunity right now that if you haven't experienced the, the favour of Jesus, if you haven't experienced um, salvation, you don't know Jesus tonight and you would like to know Him, your Bible says that if we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth that He is Lord and that God raised Him from the dead, the Bible says that, it's, that we are saved. He's made it very simple. He did the hard yards on the cross for us so we didn't have to. If there's anyone like that here tonight, just so I know who I'm praying for, if there's anyone like that tonight, just with a show of hands, if you could just signal to me, we could pray with you. Thank you, Lord. So, Father, we thank you for your gift of salvation, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your favour toward us, Father. We thank you, Father, for the cross. We thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for your presence, Lord. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just pray if there is anyone here or anyone listening to this podcast that wants to say yes to you. Lord, we just pray for them. We pray, Lord, that you would guide them, that you would lead them, Father, that you would help them on their walk with you, Father. We thank you, Father. Bless them, I pray, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. If you did say yes, we have a, a yes text number, 048 
We also have a website, yes.metrochurch.org.au. If you want to say yes to the Lord and you want to begin your journey, this is an awesome tool that's going to help help you on your way just to get a word of encouragement and a a scripture at 7 o'clock every morning. You're open to that option. You also have the website. We also have the online discipleship as well. We also have uh, a team of people at the Connect Hub that if you want to um, connect with people and help you on your walk, um, please, please uh, do that as well. So Lord, I just pray for everyone right now. I thank you for your favour on their lives, Father. I thank you for a great week coming up, Father. Bless their coming in, bless their going, Father. And I thank you for all you have for them. In Jesus' name, Amen.